0: Thank you for our teacher, our helper, our standby, our paraclete, the Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you that our hearts are open and receptive, God, to hear and receive what you have to say unto us on tonight. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And God, you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. We will continue the teaching on the pastor, and I'll go over again concerning the pastor. What we have learned so far: What is a pastor? Pastor, it's one who tends a flock by feeding, nurturing, guarding, protecting, and guiding. A pastor is one who tends the, a flock by feeding, nurturing, guiding, guarding, and protecting. And I went in the Old Testament and I used in Jeremiah 315 where it says, I will give you pastors according to my own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So God was telling them that the pastors that I will give you is going to be according to my heart. In order to know a true pastor, the one that's called of God, you know they're going to have the heart of God. And in order to know their heart, you have to know God's heart. And that's time spent with him through having a relationship with him, knowing how loving he is, knowing that he's not going to lead you in the wrong way. He's caring. He's protecting. He's a provider. And that's the heart of God. And, and God's heart is full of goodness. is full of love. is full of compassion. So when God calls someone to be a pastor, you're going to find all of that in that person because they're going to have the heart of God in which all of us have the heart of God but you're going to know a pastor through some of the things that that pastor does and how that pastor handle things um, we talked about first um, Samuel 13:14, when Samuel had anointed um, Saul to be king and we know that the people chose um, Saul so God gave the people what they wanted The people wanted themselves a king just like everybody else had a king. They did not recognize God as being their king. And I believe that's what happens sometimes in the churches. People want who they want. They're not looking at the people's heart. They're not looking at, um, you know, the heart of God through those people. But they want to be just like everybody else is. And this is um, how Saul got chosen. So God gave them Saul. And we see with Saul... Saul was not following the commandments of God. When you have the heart of God, um, you're willing to do what God has called you to do. You're not going to go outside of him. You're not going to go outside of his pattern, his way of doing things. And we see that's what Saul did. So this is what God told Saul through Samuel. He said, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. Anytime you have a man or woman of God that's not following the pattern of God, God is not going to anoint that. You're not going to see God's kingdom come on this earth the way it need to come because God is not in the midst of what man is doing. God will come in the midst when we follow his plan. So he said your kingdom will not continue. The Lord have sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord hath commanded thee. So the kingdom was taken away from Saul because Saul was not going on the way God wanted to do things. Saul was going on the way that he wanted to do things. When we look in the churches today, we see the pattern that God has for the church is not set up in the church. First of all, God is not going to have deacons to rule no pastor. That's not how he has set up the church. And you see in some churches being ruled by deacons and the deacon is telling the pastor, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to preach. And then they're choosing who they want to put on the pulpit they're choosing who they want to be over the people and that's not God's pattern and when we're not in the pattern and the will of God the anointing of God the glory of God is not going to be revealed so what people are actually seeing is man they're not seeing God they're seeing flesh so we have to make sure that we're doing things the way God would have us to do it we talked about Jesus as a pastor I started with um psalms 23 1 when it says the lord is my shepherd that means to feed to guide and shield me i shall not lack and like i said when you get to know god as your shepherd when you get to know Jesus as your shepherd, you know that shepherd is going to protect you. That shepherd is going to guard you. It's going to protect you. That shepherd is going to nurture you. That shepherd is going to lead you in the way that you need to go. So when you have that relationship with God himself, like I said, you're going to know a true pastor because you done um, been in, in, in a relationship with Jesus for so long and you know how he cared for you. You know how much compassion and love he has for you. you know how much he nurtures you, how he leads, protects, and guides you. You're gonna see those attributes in a man or woman of God that he has put as a under shepherd. Over you. So the first thing is to get to know him, to develop that relationship with him, and then you won't be bucking against who God has put in place. Because it is God who called people to the fivefold, a man or woman to the fivefold. It is not ourselves. And the ones that he called to the fivefold, they're going to be trained, they're going to be developed, they're going to be mature from where God is calling them. Now, when we look at Jesus, we also looked at John 10 2. In verse 3, it said, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So for him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he call his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A shepherd is going to always go before those sheep because he's going to be the protector of those sheep, and a shepherd is going to always know his sheep by name, why, because they are in so much um, relationship together, they spend so much time together, you can have somebody that come in and try to steal those sheep, and they can be calling those sheep, but those sheep are not going to come, because they're not used to that voice, this is why it says that, the sheep is only going to follow that shepherd. It's not going to follow a stranger's voice because they're not used to that voice. So the more we have a relationship with our heavenly father, we know when he's speaking, he's not going to speak outside of his word. So when the enemy come in and and try to deceive us, we're going to know that it's not God because we spend enough time with him. This is why when you spend enough time with the pastor, with that person that God has put um, over you that under shepherd you're gonna know I trust them they're not gonna leave me astray because you're watching their lifestyle you're watching how they do things and even when people come in and try to say anything against that pastor against that shepherd you're gonna say no 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 that's not the one that I have been put up under because I know them better than that see this is why you when you develop a relationship with Jesus you're gonna know who is um, the the right person for that position as a pastor, that under-shepherd. And then it goes on to say the great shepherd. Um, the Bible describes Jesus as a great shepherd. What is a great shepherd? A great shepherd is one that is in a high position, is in high authority, that has the right to, um, that's high in rank. That's what we consider a great shepherd. And when we look at Hebrews thirteen twenty. it talks about the great shepherd. It say now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So they're calling Jesus a great shepherd. He's high in rank. He's great. He's high in authority. He's high in power. So we got to see Jesus above even the under-shepherd. We cannot put a pastor over him. It is him first as your pastor. You have to be in relationship with him to know that He is the great shepherd. He's the one that's under, that's over that under shepherd. So anytime that you put in a pastor before you put Jesus, that's out of order because he is the great shepherd. And then the Bible talks about him as being the chief shepherd. That means that he's the head of the church, the chief shepherd. That's 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So Jesus is called the, sh- the chief shepherd. So he's the head of the church. He's the great shepherd. He's the one that, that has rank. He's the chief shepherd because he's the head of the church. Now we have another one. He's called the bishop of our souls. That's First Peter 2.25. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and Bishop of your souls, so Jesus is the Bishop of your souls. that means he 's the overseer of your souls, and then we look at um, matthew nine thirty six I gave you a scripture on when he saw the crowds, he felt sorry, had compassion for them because they were hurting, distressed, confused, harassed, and helpless, discouraged, dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. So when Jesus saw these people that were scattered and he saw all the hurt and everything that they were going through, and sometimes we can have church hurt. We can be in a church for a long time and we can end up being hurt through different things that's going on in the church and God may pull you out of that place and he may put you in another place that he's planting you in to get that love to get that nurturing to get everything that you need to build you back up to put you in the place that you need to be in but one thing that I have learned sometimes people um, leave churches because it's not necessarily the pastor it could be that person that person want to have their way they want to be selfish they want to be prideful they want to do what they want to do and when they want to do it so they put everything on the pastor like it's the pastor's fault he or she treat this one better than they treat anybody else they always begging for money they always looking at themselves they never look at the sheep they don't care nothing about the sheep they don't try to be a part of what the what you know the sheep need so a person like that they're selfish they're they are only seeing what they want and this is why you have to be careful when you hang around folk that end up saying talking about a pastor or talking about somebody in the fivefold that's telling you right there that's out of order and when you around somebody that's putting people down in that way in that manner then correction need to come through the word of God because God said touch not my anointing do my prophet no harm in the bible we see that Saul he was really out to kill David but even though David knew that he wanted to kill him David had opportunity to kill Saul but he will not kill Saul he left Saul to God he didn't take it upon himself I believe that the church is taking too much upon themselves trying to get rid of people in position and sometimes people do that because they want that position And that's not where God has put them. So you have to be careful. And the way that you know that a person is manipulating and a person is being deceiving is the closer you get to God. The more you get in the word and know what the word is saying, you say, I don't care to hear that. That's not what the words say. We're going to pray for that person. And if you got aught against that person, you don't supposed to be coming to me. You supposed to be co- going to them. So I don't receive that negativity in my house, in my ears. So you handle your business with them. It's not with me. My name is not their name. Did you forget what my name was? See, we don't some of us don't handle things that way. We sit there and we listen. You know why? Because we nosy. Let's just be honest. We want to get something on somebody so we can sit there and meditate on that ourselves and say, mmm, I see now why they've been acting like that. I see now why they have this. Ooh. They answered my question. And then after you meditate on it, you say, well, you know, I'll pray about it. Hmm. This is wrong, y'all. When we follow the pattern of God and the way that God does things, y'all, we won't have no mishaps in the body of Christ we won't have no isms and schisms in the body of Christ because by the time we put people in the place that they're supposed to be in according to the word, they ain't going to call you no more. They're not going to call you no more. See, the enemy is, is, is what is the scripture that he's going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. See, the enemy watch the church. What did he do with the church? He watched gossipers. He watched the ones that's always keeping something going or or trying to stir up something within the body of Christ. And each time, this is what you have to ask yourself. If a person keep coming to me, what do the devil have on me? Ask yourself that. If a person keep coming to me and loading me up with garbage... What do the enemy have on me? What door have I opened to give them a right to think they can dial my number and talk about somebody else in the body of Christ? Let's let's, let's, just think about that. What give anybody the right to call anybody and talk about their brother and sister in Christ? that should ring a doorbell right there. And when they dial your number, you should say, by the way, lose my number. Because I don't play that. Don't call my house with that no more because you was raised better than that. That's not what we teach at Miracle Temple. That's not what I've been receiving and I'm not receiving that today. Because I'm going to tell y'all what's happening. The enemy knows this. Did y'all know that When people bring you gossip, they're bringing you worry. And worry brings sickness. Y'all didn't know? Let me tell you how it happens. When somebody fill your head up full of they mess. Do you know what people do after they fill you up with their garbage? They go back home and live like they always live. And they sleep. And you and your house having conversation. Back and forth. Now they crazy. Now they crazy. What make them think? They can call me. They're just crazy. they just lost their everlasting mind. And you talk about it over and over again. Then you get stressed out. And then you see them and they act like they know nothing. Have you ever ever seen people like this? Lord, I have. I have. Me and my husband have got out to bed four day in the morning to go solve a dispute. Mm-hmm. Had some witnesses, didn't we, Van? solving the dispute, four day in the morning, leaving my church at home, sleep. Mm. Come the next day, they're going to walk in the church like they love us, holding hands. Hey, pastor, I said, come here. <laughs> I said, both of you crazy. I done figured it out. You're crazy. You need some help. I did I did this is why I say y'all better live and learn they will tear your house up then they'll go home and sleep like nothing's happened because that's just how they live and if we don't let discerning of spirits kick in we'll be angry I thought I saw a ghost so this is why I tell you we have to have that relationship with him so we'll know how to handle things according to the word. Y'all, if we handle it according to the word, we won't lose sleep. We will rest in him. We will rest in what the word says, because we're so sure about the, what the word says. So when people even come to you and they talk about pastors and they talk about people in leadership, you should not even listen to that. Because that tells you that they don't want to submit to authority. And the Bible tells you to submit. Obey those that have what? Rule over. You may not like what they say. You may not like what they do. But that don't change what the word says. So when you don't do what the word says, you out of order. There, that's when confusion comes. And where confusion is, where strife is, there's every evil work. Devil say, I'm up in the house. And y'all think y'all having church. This is what he does. So this is why we have to make sure that we line up with God's way and not our way of doing things. And this is why Jesus, when he walked as a pastor, y'all notice how the Pharisees was and the Sadducees towards Jesus. Jesus called it just like it was, didn't he? But that didn't stop him from doing what he was commissioned to do. That didn't stop him from giving them the truth. But Jesus spoke truth in love. Everywhere he went as a pastor, when there was a need, when somebody was sick, he introduced them to healing. When somebody was in lack, he introduced them to prosperity. When somebody was in despair, he introduced them to joy. He introduced them to love. He introduced them to the kingdom. He showed that love. He showed that he cared. He took the time out to listen. He took the time out to explain. When you have people that you're talking to and they're out there and out of space and ain't heard nothing, you say like, I don't care what you're going through. But when you got somebody that's concerned with you and say okay i know you something's not right with you so let's talk about this let's deal with this today because something is just not right so you get to know your sheep because you have a relationship with with the sheep see some of the sheep in miracle temple mm, some of them they ain't gonna bother you not unless they have to because they know they're getting taught real good but when god put those sheep on my heart And say, they don't want to bother you, but they want to talk to you. And I'll be like, okay, well, let me call them. Let me check on them. Let me see what's up with them. See, God will let you know your sheep. This is why you spend time with those sheep. And you get to know those sheep by name. And when you get to know them, you know when they're going through. And guess what? You even know when they're lying. You know when they're trying to to get one over on you. You know when, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay, yeah. I'm okay. No, you ain't. Mm-mm. No, you're not. So God know This this is why God anoints a pastor for that position. Because I'm going to tell you an honest God truth. If God did not anoint me to do it, I would have been long gone. Through the years, I would have been long gone because every sheep is different. They're not all alike, so you can't, um, I, some sheep are like, um, how can I say it? Some sheep I had was like gangsters. Yeah, they was like gangsters. I had to always pack with them. I wouldn't come at them like if I come at Teresa while they hey, Teresa, how you doing? Having a nice, calm conversation. Them gangsters, what's up? I speak their language. What's up with you? Whole voice change. Hold it, And they answer me back. Ain't nothing up with me, pastor. What's up with you? Mm-hmm. You ain't going to be acting like that in front of me because I know you. This is just how I am. <laughs> I, I meet them where they are. You have to meet people where they are. And you have to know how to deal with them where they are. Because if you don't know how to deal with them, they're going to deal with you. And they're going to take you out of place. And when they take you out of place, this is funny. Because the Lord is reminding me um walking in that pastor role we had a a meeting it was a leadership meeting and um Kathy I believe y'all was in that meeting Jennifer may have been in that meeting and the lady walked in the house and I'm up in here teaching were well, you here there and I'm teaching and she said shut up I said I didn't hear that lady tell me to shut up so I kept on teaching she said shut up I marched right back to where she was and I began to meet her wish. and my husband said, hold <laughs> <laughs> My husband had the men hold her back, <laughs> but I wasn't afraid of her because I knew it wasn't her. I knew it was a spirit that was using her, but see, God knew how to deal with that lady. And guess what? The lady calmed down. She did, but that night she had a little alcohol in her. But she was coming to the place. <laughs> she come to the right place. But she just to say, shut up. I'm like, whoa. She want me to shut up. But see, <laughs> you have to know who you're dealing with. And a pastor is going to show love. They're going to show compassion on the, the individual that they're dealing with. Some people say they're ready to pastor. I beg you to differ. That's why it starts at home first because if you cannot manage your own home and know how to step up to the plate with your own home with your children with your wife with your husband then God ain't gonna put you behind no pulpit there have to be years of training because guess what if your home is out of order and you got your children up in here and your husband your wife up in here and you're trying to teach a congregation they're gonna be shaking their head They're going to say, liar, liar, pants on fire. How can you love them and you don't even love us? How can you tell them this and you don't even do it yourself? And one thing about a pastor, he is not going to put a pastor in place that won't even pay their own bills and won't even pay tithes. That don't know how to give of themselves when it hurt. See, this is why people got to think about it. A pastor heart is going to be so much like God's heart. It ain't about them no more. It's all about what God wants. A pastor will lay down his life for his sheep. Now, I'm going to give you another example with me. I've been hit so much with sheep. Sheep just telling tales and doing all kind of stuff and people saying it was me. You know what I did? I laid down my life for them sheep. And I became the victim (laughs) for those sheep. But as God raised me up, I say, no more because you know better. And when you know better you do better and I'm not taking the fall no more that's on you you deal with that you grown you can handle your business sometimes people fake it to make it and then they get in a situation pastor pastor oh you know my name now before you ain't know my name you were the pastor you had people coming to you to get advice now they whooping your tail now I'm your pastor again this is what people for real now can you can what did I need to do did you ask the Lord before you went to that person so everybody think just because you have a pastor behind the pulpit and they're teaching well and look like everything is okay that that's what I want to do I want to pick and choose which five-fold ministry I want to be in office it don't work like that You have to allow God to train you, to raise you up, to put you where you need to be. So Jesus as a pastor, I can say throughout the word of God when you read concerning Jesus walking in the office of a pastor, he showed compassion, he was an overseer, he was a shepherd, he nurtured, he he protected, he guided, he did all of those things. Now, Jesus is our pattern. So each of these offices that I have went over, Jesus was the first pattern to let people know this is how a pastor should be. And that pastor is chosen by God, not by man. It's men that's putting people in place and God have not called them to that place. Why do they do this? Because they say, oh, they know the word. Oh, they can spit out those scriptures, but their life is not adding up with what they're spitting out. Y'all, I even heard people behind the pulpit rhyme. Get them a little poem and try to make people think they got it going on. And, and then you can see right through them. And people like, praise Jesus, hallelujah. But see, it's more than just rhyming. It's more than just knowing the word from the back to the front because you can have head knowledge and then it coming from your heart. It's the life that you live and the way that you carry yourself. People going to know who you are without telling them who you are. You never have to announce who you are. Because people are going to know by what comes out of you. They're going to know who you are. So tonight what I want to talk about, I want to talk about um, dealing with the pastor. I want to talk about how that word is used interchangeably. In churches today, you hear tell of elders, you hear tell of pastors, and you hear tell of bishops. Is that not right? I'm going to make a correction tonight to let you know all three of them is the same person. All three are the same person. This is what churches have done. They have looked at the bishop as top dog. They have looked at the pastors under the bishop. And they looked at the elders under the pastors out of order. And I'm going to prove it in scripture. And this is why they have looked at it this way because when you go into the word of God, you see elder, you seldomly see pastor except for Ephesians four, eleven, and then you see um, bishop. Now, when they look at those different names, they say this is how we have to place them in the body of Christ. Because you hear of bishops over certain districts, right? And then over the, those bishops have pastors That's up under them, is that right? And then you have elders in the church that's working their way up to be a pastor. Out of order. We're gonna prove it in scripture because the word of God proves everything. But let me tell you why those words are used interchangeably. Do y'all remember I went over Jesus and I say he was the great shepherd, right? He was the chief shepherd, and he was the shepherd and bishop of souls, right? So when you look at a shepherd, a shepherd is one that tends to the flock, that nourish, that protects, that guides, that does what else did I put in there? They feed, they have compassion, right? So in the Bible, that's right, Brother Willie Love. (laughs) Thank you, Deacon. So... (laughs) This is what they do. So when you see these terms in the Bible, what it's doing is showing you what a pastor actually do. When you see overseer, a pastor oversees and makes sure everything is done just like it's supposed to as as being a pastor pastor shepherd a pastor overseas a pastor feeds all of these terms is used to describe a pastor now if somebody want to be called an elder instead of a pastor so be it if somebody want to be called a bishop instead of a pastor so be it but it leads to pastor it don't make no difference it is no bishops in the church that's higher than a pastor because it's the same term give you some examples isn't it good to learn what the word of god is saying so we can stay in order this is why when bishops come in town y'all know in the catholic church them bishop have on them hats them long rolls because they're trying to be more distinguished than anybody else so when you see them coming in and they got them poles and after you see them poles they walking behind them archbishop That's what they do. So they're trying to make them seem more important. High up, high in rank. Here they come, bow before them. No, we don't do that. That's just a pastor. So let's look at scripture. We're going to start out with elder. Acts 11, verse 27 through 30. I'm reading the Amplified. And during these days, prophet, inspired teachers and interpreters of the divine will and purpose, came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Agabus stood up and prophesied through the Holy Spirit that a great and severe famine would come upon the whole world. Now, and this did occur during the reign of Claudius. So look at this. The prophet began to foretell what was getting ready to come. So he um, foretold. And then in verse 29, it says, and listen at what they did. This is why... When you stand in the office of a prophet and God is speaking through that prophet and God is foretelling something that's getting ready to come and you know that prophet um, stands before God and hear God, you ain't going to take that prophet lightly because you know their lifestyle. And so the disciples resolved to send relief, each according to his individual ability, in proportion as he had prospered. Now look at that. Look what the disciples did. Who are the disciples? They are learners. They are followers of Christ. They're the ones that are raised up to be disciples, to raise up other disciples, right? So when they heard this from the prophet, what did they do? All of them would come together according to what they had, and they were ready to send relief. Tell me if this is happening in the churches. This is what's supposed to be happening. We as brothers and sisters in Christ, when something is, is coming up, if God sent a prophet and say, this is what's going to take place, and the next week, we're supposed to come together in the body of Christ, and it says here, listen at this, so the disciples resolved to send relief, each according to his individual ability. I want to stop right there because the Holy Spirit is prompting me. Did y'all hear what that say? Tyson' ability may be a million. Sister Denise's ability, her ability may be a billion. Okay? Then we look at Brother Calvin. He say, okay, my ability is 500,000. Everybody give according to their ability so you don't slap nothing on nothing. That's the pattern of God. That's right, um, Tyson. You stay in your lane. What did they do? They gave according to their ability. Now, check this out. Let's say Calvin said, God, my heart, I, I can give 500000 but I want to get up there with Tyson, a million, because that's where my heart is. My bank don't say that. But that's where I want to be. Because God know his heart, guess what? God has sent somebody and give him the other part and give it. He gave outside of his ability, but he gave it through somebody else to put him where his heart is. Y'all, I'm excited. You know why I'm excited? Because people are trying to do something and they ain't arrived yet. God know your ability. Your ability is right in your heart. Some people is pulling back because they say I can't yes you can because if that's what God told you to do that's what you do so they gave according to what and guess what they did after that y'all this is the good part check this out and it says to the brethren who lived in Judea and so they did sending their contributions to the elders those are the pastors those who preside over the assemblies that's what the elders are by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Who did they give that money to? They gave them to the elders. They, they sent it by Barnabas and Saul, but who did they put it in the hands of? No, they didn't. They put it in the hands of the deacon. Ain't that what they're doing, did they? They put it in the hands of the elders, which is the pastor. Elder. Now, when we look at elder, I want to tell you something else about an elder. The reason why they're saying elder, to make it pacific, even though it's a pastor or overseer or a bishop, is because they got to be mature. They cannot be a novice. A novice is a new convert, a new believer that somebody is slapping behind the pulpit and have not come to maturity yet, have not been trained. So this is why they use the word Elder. This is why they use it so much in the Bible as a term that's really dealing with pastor, but they say elder to make it more plain to say it's a mature person. It's not a person that's not mature. It's not a new convert. Y'all, I'm telling you, they'll take little children. God use whoever you want, but they'll raise them up so quick, put them behind the pulpit, and they begin to mock a man or woman of God. I remember it was this little young man, we had this um meeting we had to go to you remember Jennifer so me and this other lady sitting on the pulpit and he he decided the little fella I'm gonna go last y'all know what that mean don't you I'm gonna tear up the house go on with your bad self anyway we sitting up there so he got up behind the pulpit and he said uh and I know him has my doctor has my lawyer when did you get in trouble I mean, he was going, but he was acting just like the one that was mentoring him. That's how he was falling in line. So he really didn't have a childhood because it was putting him in a place. And don't get me wrong. God, okay, I give you an example. Holy Spirit so good. Y'all remember when Jesus was 12 and he was in and out the synagogue with his parents and he was listening, and he was, um, had so much understanding, and they was astounded, the little 12-year-old. My Bible said, when he got in his 30s. Is that what your Bible said? That's when he began to get anointed. He wasn't a novice, was he? God didn't send no novice. He sent what was needed. So see, we got people so much out of order in the body of Christ because mm, this is what we do. So we see in that scripture, you got elder, right? Y'all saw elder, right? Go with me to Acts 14, 21 through 23. Listen at this. I'm reading out the Amplified. When they had preached the good news, the gospel to that town and made disciples of many of the people, what did they do? Preach the good news? Then what did they do after that? Made disciples, made disciples, learners, followers of Christ. They went back to Lystra, um, I, is it Iconium, and Antioch. Listen at this. They went back to these towns, establishing and strengthening the souls and hearts of the who? Disciples. Disciples urging and warning and encouraging them to stand firm in the faith and telling them that it is through many hardships and tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. So y'all see what they did with the disciples, right? Now, verse 23, and when they had appointed, these are the apostles, they appointed and ordained elders for them in each church with prayer and fasting. They committed them to the Lord in whom they had come to believe Being fully, full of joy, trust that he's Christ the Messiah. So the apostles, they came into these churches through prayer and fasting, and they ordained elders in each church. So they knew who needed to be in these churches. These apostles did. These are elders. These are the ones that they were going to have to be over that church. Y'all getting it yet? So remember, a pastor is an overseer, a pastor pastor is a bishop, a pastor is a shepherd. So you may see all these words in the word of God, but it's just describing each duty that a pastor does. When you see him as a shepherd, what do you see a shepherd do? Tending to the flock, right? When you see him as an overseer, you're going to see him as a bishop. A bishop is an overseer. When you see him as a pastor, it's falling right back in the line with a shepherd. Y'all getting it? Let's look at another one. Acts 15 2. I'm going to show you how the apostles and elders worked together. Paul and Barnabas were against this teaching and urge with them about it. So the church decided to send, commission, appoint Paul and Barnabas and some others to Jerusalem where they could talk more about this agreement. Listen who they talk to it, the agreement about with the apostles and who? Elders. So remember how we're talking about the fivefold and how the fivefold work together? A apostle does what? Governs. But that apostle, even though they're governing, you have a pastor in that house. So the apostle is making sure that the house is run the way God will have that house to run. So the apostle and the the pastor, the elder, which is the pastor, have to come together and talk about these disagreements. So this is why they say they come together. Let's look at um, the same um, um, chapter, verse 4 and 6. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the apostles, the elders, and the church. They told about everything God had done with them. The apostles and the elders gathered to consider this problem. So we're still talking about the pastor, which is an elder. It's the same name. Now go with me to 1 Peter 5. Verse 1 through verse 5. Y'all, I know I'm giving you a lot. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through verse 5. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. Now, therefore, I have something to say to exhort, appeal to the elders in your group. Who is he talking to? The elders. That's still a pastor. That's still a shepherd. That's still an overseer, a bishop. I also am an elder. This is Peter talking. I have seen, was a witness to Christ or the Messiah's suffering. And I will share in the glory that would be shown, revealed to us. I beg, urge you to shepherd. Here go the word shepherd, y'all. Remember, they're used interchangeably. He's talking to the elders. They're considered as shepherds. Tend God's flock. Do y'all know what a flock is? Flock is the body of Christ body of Christians presided over by elders. Look it up in the Greek. (laughs) That's what they are. That's what a flock is. And it said, for whom you are responsible, which is under your care. Who is Paul talking to? I mean, yeah, Peter talking to the elders. He called them shepherd. He said, you have a flock. They are under your care. Watch over. There you go. Oversee them because you want to, not because you are forced that is how god wants it do it because you're happy eager to serve not because you want money of greed do not be like a ruler over people lord it over those dominate those you are responsible for they're under your care but be good examples to them the flock. then when the chief shepherd here we go again christ comes you will get a glorious crown that will never lose its beauty isn't that awesome all of that is right there in that scripture first Peter 5 1 through 5 you got overseer you got shepherd you got the flock you got the elders all of that is right there that does not mean that in church you line up bishop pastor elder so we got all of these in the church no we don't it's pastor and a pastor can be called a bishop, a pastor can be called an elder, a pastor could be called a shepherd, and that's an overseer. That's one that leads the flock, that oversee the flock, that take care of them. They are responsible. They are the under-shepherd because the chief shepherd is over them. Ain't that something? All of this is in the word of God. And then the last verse 5, in the same way, younger people should be willing to be under Submit to older people, elders. You know what people consider elders? Old, oh, uh-uh, not that old. No, an elder is one that God has anointed and appointed to be an under-shepherd. It is not a novice. It is not one that has just been born again. It is one that has been trained, that has been raised up in the word of God. And it said, and all of you should be very humble with each other. Clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God is against, resists, opposes the proud, but give grace to the humble. I'm going to hit on this. Lord knows I'm going to hit it. This is how it's supposed to be. Younger. Let me tell you what younger is. Younger is new in Christ. Let me tell you what new in Christ means. It means when you don't have knowledge understanding and insight and revelation of the word of God humble yourself that's what it means when you think you know you don't so that means when somebody come to you that knows you humble yourself and listen and zip your lip that's what that means zip it don't say nada God is against, resists, opposes the proud, but he give what? Y'all, this is talking about pastors and how we supposed to do. Because God said that he's going to give pastors after his own heart, those that have knowledge and understanding, that have insight. He's not going to give you no pastor that don't know nothing, that don't have no revelation. People think today that they know more than me. Wow. Wow. I may act like I'm ignorant, but I ain't. I can see your mouth off and smell you when you're coming. Because I'm going to tell you how. Now I'm I'm about kingdom. I'm not boasting and bragging on me, but when you spend time with God, God ain't gonna leave you ignorant. He gonna let you know who's gonna ring your doorbell before they ring it. He's going to let you know. He's going to, you know, oh, he's going to put that name in you. And you say, hmm, I'm hearing that name for a reason. This is funny, y'all, because I was sitting there with the baby the other day, and the baby was asleep, and all of a sudden somebody fell in my spirit. And I said, oh, I got to, you know, give them a call like that, phone rung. It was them. I'm on my way to your house. Thank you, Lord, for telling me. God is so good. God, when God anoints you for a position, he don't leave you ignorant. That's why it takes time in the word of God. It takes, and see, this is what people do. Sometimes people just go in the word just to get something, just to tell people I got something. You got to stay in the word for the word to become a part of you, not just to go in there to get something to give somebody, but then you go right back into what you're getting ready to give somebody and say, now what are you saying to me? What do you want me to get from what you want me to give them because I'm the first partaker? Don't even try to say, "Mm, I'm going to tear it up with them. I'm going to tear it up with yourself first. And say, God, I need an examination. Check me out before I even go before the people. God, this this is why you have to have a pastor with knowledge, with insight, with understanding, with revelation. You don't just have a pastor to get up there and read umpteen scriptures. Can I get amen? I could have read that what is god saying through that amen he ain't so yet i ain't saying nothing to that i could have read that yeah that's what god well what is god saying you're gonna know where they have been. you're gonna know who they've been with people go buy sermons out of books and read them normally doing funeral services if i'm on the pulpit And everybody, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Let that paper fly across that pulpit. Because people already have sermons for funerals. Because they done preach them so long, they become so much a part of them, it's real. They just think about, well, this person here, I'm going to use this one. I'd use it on Sally Sue, but I believe it would be better on this one. Because they already got it prepared. They can just bring it on the pulpit with them. They got to, you got to hear what the spirit has to say. It ain't about the dead body. It's about the, the living, not the dead. The dead is dead. You can't bring them back. But we want to bring the living which is dead. We want to give them eternal life. <laughs> There's a difference. So we see. We're still talking about elder, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Y'all, I got two more to go. Is it too much? I can stop right there if it's too much. I was, I was, Jennifer, I was going to bring it on. Forgive me for telling that tale, I was going to bring it. I <laughs> repent, I am going to bring it. We're going to talk about the pastor now, the pastor. Remember, y'all, I told you that it's the shepherd, right? It's still the presiding officer, manager, direct, director of assembly. Mark 634, listen at this. And Jesus, he came out, sought much people, and was moved with compassion towards them because they were sheep not having a shepherd and he began to teach them many things remember what a shepherd is right so this sc- scripture is saying shepherd but it's talking about pastor here go another one Luke 2 8 Luke 2 8 and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night that's what a shepherd does he's going to keep watch over that flock that's a shepherd and y'all know Ephesians 4 11. that's one scripture that says pastor And look at 1 Peter 2.25. I think I gave you that one. I didn't give you that one yet. But 1 Peter 2.25, I did give you that one with Jesus. I'm giving you that again because that's also talking about Jesus' role as that shepherd, right? And Hebrews 13.20 as well. Okay, that's dealing with pastor, that's dealing with shepherd. Those words are used interchangeably, but it's the same position. Okay, let's look at Bishop and Overseer. Y'all know what Overseer does, right? They oversee. They make sure that things are done the way God will have for them to be done. That's what a pastor do. It's a guardian of souls, one who watches over their welfare. Acts twenty twenty eight. Acts twenty twenty eight. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. You see flock and you see overseers there. Overseer, when you look it up, you're looking at bishop, you're looking at pastor, you're looking at shepherd. Same thing. Everybody know this one. First Timothy three, verse two. Here go bishop. Now this is what bishop is being used. A bishop then must be blameless. The husband of one wife village sober of good behavior given to hospitality apt to teach the bishop here is just pastor it's just shepherd it's just overseer same term titus 1 7 says the same thing for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of god not self-will not sown anger not given to wine nor striker not given to filthy ludicrous which is money and go above that in titus um, 1 5 and guess what I'm going to wrap it up with that one because it's going to show you elder. Listen at this. For this cause left I thee in Crete. Is that Crete? That thou should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. You see how in verse 5 it used elder. Then in verse 7 it used bishop. They just broke it down. Overseer, pastor, elder, same thing they just use the word interchangeably so for people to say bishop pastor elder three separate positions incorrect it is the same position but the words are used interchangeably to describe the pastor's duty the pastor is the overseer the pastor is the shepherd the pastor is the bishop same thing all that is wrapped up in one word but they just use it interchangeably so don't when people say you know we have bishops over us and then the bishops is over the pastor and then the pastors are over the elders no it's just pastor why do you think paul said in ephesians 4 11, he gave some pastors did he say why didn't he list all of those up under the fivefold. Why didn't he say, We gave some bishops, we gave some elders, we gave some pastors, we gave some shepherds, we gave some overseers? No, he didn't do that, did he? He said, We gave some pastors because they are overseers, they are shepherds, they tend the flocks, they nurture, they protect, they guide, they watch over. Overseers, watch over. They watch over souls. So, Those are the terms. So don't let nobody make you feel like archbishop is in the house. Let us please stand. Don't work like that. So go back through those scriptures and it's still more in the word of God with elder. I didn't give them all to you because it's a lot more I could have put in there. But this is what the word says with elders, bishops, pastors. It's the same person. It's different people but it's the same role. So be careful how you use those terms because people are confused in the body of Christ. You wouldn't know who to go to because people have elders in the church, then they have pastors in the church and I'm gonna leave you with the elders today. I'm the pastor, them, the elders. I'll be back. The elders will handle this. They're doing the same thing you're doing. You're just calling them elders. So we just have to watch as well as pray and know what the word is saying. This is why you don't be up under a novice. Because they get things twisted. And after this teaching, when you began to discuss this with folks, the word is not to be debated. The word speaks for itself. So you don't have to debate the word. You just go by what the word of God says. And that's what I'm going to do up in here. Go by what the word of God says. Because when you introduce somebody, this is elder so-and-so, this is pastor so-and-so. Oh, so both of you in the same role. You just elder and he just pastor, but both of you is a pastor, right? No, no, both of us ain't. Okay, well, that's what you say. You know where that comes from? People want to feel important. They want to feel bigger. Yeah, And the Lord showed me this. Y'all know in society... You have, um, in different companies, you have the top dog, you have the underdog, and then you have the lowest dog, right? <laughs> One, two, three. You have all of them. So you know you got to start out here, then you get to the middle man, and then you go to the top dog. You don't mess with the top dog before you go to, through the middle dog, and you can't mess with the middle dog before you go to the little dog. Ain't that right? Because if you get out of order, that top dog going to say, how you get up in here? And I'll give you an example with me um through everything that i have went through with my demotions and stuff like that y'all god raised me up and gave me favor it's so funny because after they demoted me and everything and i knew that was god preparing me for where he wanted to take me didn't know at the time but yeah so this is what we do y'all when we want something that we want and that's not what god wants for us we'll try to put somebody else out of commission just to get into a place to say, that's my place. But anyway, um, Jennifer, I think you remember this. They um, needed a secretary for the top dog, right? And guess who got chosen to be his secretary for the day? I did. So when I got chosen, he gave me the orders for the day. He said, I do not want to be disturbed. Do not let anybody come see me today. I say, I'm on it. This doctor coming in there and said, I would like to see so-and-so. I said, he's not available. He looked at me. He said, well, I can go. And I said, no, you can't. He's not available. <laughs> so he come out. He said, who was that? I said, that was Dr. So-and-so. He said, why didn't you let him in? I said, because you told me <laughs> that you were not available. He turned around and walked in his office shut his door and that was the last time I was secretary (laughs) but I followed orders I did what he told me then I put this chick on the switchboard Jennifer Porter because I I was sure to help that day so I put Jennifer there to relieve the switchboard oh why did I do that (laughs) Jennifer all over the intercon I told you (laughs) that was her last day I made a mistake (laughs) y'all so this is why I say know your place (laughs) and whatever the word says no matter who it is do it you don't come down because he's the chief shepherd he is the bishop of our souls he is the great shepherd and as long as we have a relationship with him Whomever he put in charge, we're going to honor that position because it comes from him. We're not going to disrespect. I have had so much disrespect. Well, I have to do this. Someone said, don't do this. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. That's why you ain't doing nothing. Because you ain't learned to zip it yet. And people wonder. What in the world is going on? People is what's going on. Because when you know order, you don't go against God's order. People don't come against me, they're coming against God. So I leave them to their self and I say, uh oh, it's whooping time. I don't have to do nothing. I've done my part. So people better be careful. This is why, with y'all learning this, whoo, please show up for the continuation. Because by you learning this, you have no excuse. You ain't ignorant no more. You know what you're supposed to do. And the more you get into the word and the word getting in you, you won't be saying too much. Even when you go home looking like a blowfish, you'll be talking to God. And when God get through talking to you, you will apologize because you know you was wrong. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. Y'all, if we do what the word tells us to do, we won't have all this mess amongst us be brothers and sisters in Christ we're here to help one another not to oppose each other we suppose we don't fight against flesh and blood we're the kingdom of light not the kingdom of darkness so I pray that as we go through this people's eyes are open they're being enlightened their heart is being open to know what God's um, will is to know his ways amen did this help anybody Anybody want to say how it helped you? Mm. Come on, Jennifer. I know I can look over there and you've got your finger up.
1: <laughs> um, one thing I can say before this, um, really before this teaching, I had not seen the word bishop. I'd never noticed it in the in the Bible before. So that was kind of... Because I'd hear people say, Bishop, and I'm like, where they get that from? Is that in the Bible? Never n- never paid any attention to it. And um, But the other thing is about when you talk about the, um, the ones that have rule over you, that even as we get this in our spirit, even if it's outside the church, if it's in the world, on our jobs, those kind of things, we realize don't buck them because God's got a plan and there's a reason for right. it. And if you just... Say, okay, God, well, whatever, you know, it just takes so much stress off of you. And then when it gets messed up, it ain't you. It ain't on me. If I do what my boss tells me, it ain't on me if it ain't right. It's Mm -hmm. on her. Mm -hmm. And I can say, come on, honey,
0: I can say Jennifer is a living witness because when the boss I had took my position, done me dirty, they put me up under him, and I told Jennifer, I got to help him. He need help. So I went in there and I said, what can I do to help you? Jennifer was mad. What you having him for? He the one done you wrong. I said, Jennifer, that ain't what we do. So when I went in there before the man, he sat down and he said, they got my head on a platter. Done cut it off. I said, but it's going to be all right. I said, you're going to be able to get it done. Y'all, this is no lie. When I left the hospital, this very same man that left that position, he come back and got into that position again. I called the hospital to speak to somebody, and he said, is this Amanda Bryant? And I paused. (laughs) Like, who want to know? So I said, yes. He said, this is so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And And he started talking. He said, thank you. I said, thank me for what? He said, I watch you on Sunday mornings, and because I watch you, I'm back in a position that I thought I would never have, and start going down his life and how things were. And he said, I just want to thank you. And I said, look at God. So, see, the reason why I'm where I am today is because even when I wasn't um, right, I humbled myself. I, I was up under my worst enemy, but God was showing me how to handle people, how to handle adversity, so he can put me where he wanted to put me. Some of y'all don't want to humble yourself, but you're saying that you're called to do something, but you don't know how to shut up. You all, can't even shut up when your husband's talking or your wife don't want to listen to nobody you, you come back with a scripture sometimes it don't require a scripture sometimes it the study to be quiet it don't require you to say you know nothing did y'all know sometime sheep dumb don't don't the shepherd have to lead the sheep cuz if he didn't they'll fall off the cliff
2: I want to share what Jennifer's saying about on your job, how you uh, respect your leader. I, I know it was that the way. It was in the Bible about how it talks about how you, even you working under someone, and they're not saved, you're supposed to respect their leadership. And they all say you're supposed to give them double honor for their position. But sometimes we as Christians in our jobs, because somebody's not saved, we feel like we don't have to listen to what they have to say sometimes. Like, I know when I got hired for County, when they interviewed me, some uh, they asked me would I be able Work on weekends, you know, go work out of town, working at weather, things of that nature, and I agreed to it, because that's what the job's called for. So, when that time came to go work out of town, I could not say, I couldn't do it, because I agreed to that to get that job. So, we got to respect what is, you know, what the policy says, you know, we can't buck against that, you know, that should have work, You got to follow the policy, you know.
0: And you don't go in there and say, I'm safe. <laughs> I don't do these days, and I don't do that days. Why you fill out the application?
2: And when I got saved, my job, I did not tell anyone my job. I did not say nothing because, you know, the life you live is going to show for you. One day this guy walked me and said, man, said, you, you must be saved. And he wasn't saved, but he saw the in my life. I didn't have to explain to him. I didn't go out and say I'm saved and this and that, this and that. I mean, I just live my life. Sometimes you go out there and make a fool of yourself. You go out there and put your name in and say you're saved, and they're waiting for you to fall. You know, I heard a man say one time, those uh, fish symbols you put in the back of your car saying you're a Christian. They said, why are people putting this in their car? And they ran, I road 89 a mile now passing people. And just you know, I'm like, man, I ain't put one on my car.
0: <laughs> and please do not ask me am I the one that don't keep my mouth closed? And don't ask me Pastor, you calling me a dumb sheep? <laughs> Don't ask me. You got your answer if you ask me. Is that not right? So we give God glory. Hallelujah. Anybody else? All right, we.